Okay, good evening, everyone. I'd like to call the uh, zoning subcommittee meeting um, for um, March 29th, 2023 to order. Uh, Carla, please call the roll. Councilors Balakir. Here. Cushane. Tania Costello. McAuliffe. Lopez. Here. Vigorowski. Here. Labrie. Here. Okay. All right, it looks like um, Councilor Lopez is on Zoom. And then I'm just gonna go around the room to see who's here. All right, we have uh, Councilor Garvey. We have Chris from uh, our um, IT. We have Lee from uh, Planning. We have Councilor Flam. We have Councilor Dobez. And we have Carla from our office, uh, the City Council office. Okay, before we start, I'd just like to ask everyone to Make sure that your cell phones are off, please. Okay, please put it on silent or shut it off. Thank you. Okay, in compliance with the open meeting law, uh, this meeting is being both audio and video recorded. Uh, is anyone else in the audience either audio or video recording? If so, please state your name and the reason for recording. Okay, all right, Josh, thank you. Anybody else in the audience? Anybody on Zoom? Okay. All right, uh, we'll move on. Okay, we have some housekeeping procedures, which we always need to have. Uh, when speaking during public input comments, uh, please address the chair, myself. Please state your name and address when speaking and limit your input to three minutes or less. Uh, there'll be no uh, discussions or collective bargaining issues, personalities, or personal attacks, okay? All right, so we'll start start we'll go with the uh the order that we have everything in okay so tonight uh item number one we have a oh and councillor mary beth costello Piniac just came in thank you all right um item number one special permit application under chapter 275 section 50 subsection c1 and 2 for the purpose of erecting a digital sign on the property on existing pool there's a waiver requested Front setback from 25 feet to plus or minus two and a half feet, located at 704 Memorial Drive. The applicant is Chuck's Sign Company, 658 Fuller Road, Chickie Mass, 01020. Is the applicant here in the audience? Is the applicant here yes. on Zoom? I'm on Zoom, yes. Okay, I'm sir. Zoom, yeah. Okay, please state your name and address and what your proposal is this evening. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. Uh, my name is Eric Martins. I'm representing Chuck's Sign Company from at 60, 658 Fuller Road. Okay, go ahead, sir. Tell us what your proposal is for this evening, please. Uh, exactly what you had mentioned earlier. Uh, we're just looking for uh, relief of setback requirements to plus or minus two feet um, for an existing pole sign just to erect a digital sign as well. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Um, I'll read the uh, departmental reports and then see if any, we have any abutters or any neighbors out of questions or concerns. So just bear with me a second here. I have in the file. Okay, this is from um, engineering, no engineering comments. Building department has no comments. Fire department has no issues based on this report. Let's see. 
the collector's office. No remarks. Okay, we have a report from the uh, Department of Planning and Development, and I'll read this into the record before I open this up. Special permit recommendation for 704 Memorial Drive, Council Dalakir. Property is zone business A, waiver of setback requirements for new digital pole sign placement from 25 feet, plus or minus two and a half feet from the property line requires a special permit under chapter 275, section 50, subsection C1. Additionally, the applicant is looking to obtain a special permit for erecting a digital sign, which is considered an accessory sign under chapter 275, section 50, subsection C2. Furthermore, point A, signs with visible moving, electronically activated changeable signs, except for time, temperature, and date signs. Planning sees no issues with proposed sign, as well as relief of setback requirements, as long as engineering sees no issue with the digital message board in relation to traffic control systems. Planning recommends approval of a special permit as signed by Lee Polia, the director. All right, okay. Uh, before I open this up to some questions and comments, are there any abutters or neighbors that may have some questions or concerns? Okay, all right. Anybody on Zoom that has any questions or concerns? Okay, all right. Um, before I open it up to uh, the fellow counselors, uh, I have a question, sir. Um, is this going to be a flashing sign on the property on the existing pool, or is this going to be a sign that's going to be static? Um, I would assume that they would have changing messages, but I, I, I know previously when I've applied for digital signs that there's limitations on how often uh, messages can be changed. I believe it was eight seconds, if, if I'm correct. 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 Yes, sir. Yes. So okay. again, I was just trying to get some edification here okay. as to what type of sign this was going to be, but it appears it's going to be a digital sign, correct, with probably the capability of messages, correct? Yes. Okay, all right, okay, thank you. Okay, I'm gonna open this up to uh, fellow counselors on the committee. Councilor Bree, go ahead, sir. Yes, could I uh, ask a question uh, on the sign to the sign guy? Uh, how many square feet is the sign and is it uh, two-sided? Uh, yes, the sign is double-sided. Um, let me just double check my measurements here. It is overall, it is a 96 by 96 uh, inch, 96 inch by 96 inch sign. The digital sign, the digital sign section, however, is 48 by 96. Um, don't have the square footage on my, uh, I think that's a, it's a four by eight, right? So 32 square feet for the digital sign and 32 square feet for the top section. So 64 total. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a... yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll let you talk in a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah, see it now. Yes, and this, this is the uh, the new Hanus Jewelers um, yeah. business, formerly the Midas Muffler Shop on Memorial Drive. Uh, Gary, yes. I'll set her for the question. Yeah, no, I'll set. I thought he had said 96 by 96, uh, but it's 48 by 96. Thank you. That's correct, oh, yeah. Said. That's correct, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Councilor Zagorowski? No, I'm all set. All right. All right, Beth, okay. Uh, Councilor Lopez, any questions before I have Lee speak? I'm all set, thank you. Okay, all right. Okay, Lee, any comments or questions? Uh, thank you, Council. The former uh, Midas property on Memorial Drive that's now occupied by Hanus Jewelers, uh, they're looking to put up a new sign on the existing um, foundation and pole. Uh, so that is already located on the property. They're planning to reuse the existing, which is approximately two and a half feet off the property line. Typically, signs require a 25-foot setback, uh, but because you have existing infrastructure here, it's been practiced to consider relief from that. Um, also, you've seen many of these requests for digital message board signs, uh, so this is no different than any of the others you've seen. Okay, all set. Okay. So if I have any questions? Okay. All right then. Um, Motion to approve. Okay. All right. So what we have to do here, folks, is two votes. Um, we have a waiver requested from setback from 25 feet to plus or minus um, two and a half feet at the subject property. Um, motion approved. I'll second it. Okay. All right. Uh, yes, I, I'm actually going to put that with a special permit. Okay, we're going to take care of the waiver first, but thank you. Okay, Carla, we're going to do the uh, waiver request first front setback from 25 to plus or minus two and a half square feet. Go ahead, please. Roll call, please. Councilors Balak here? Uh, yes. Bouchane? Pinia Costello? Yes. McAuliffe? Lopez? Yes. Zagorowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. Okay. All right, thank you. Let me just write this up and then we'll sign on this, please. I'm going to bring that up with the um, second right, right. Brown,
Okay. All right. This was the first first vote that we had was with the waiver requested from setback front setback from 25 to plus or minus two and a half square feet to erecting a digital sign property on existing pole at 704 Memorial Drive. Uh, the members that are here tonight voted uh, in favor of this unanimously, and this will go before the um, full council meeting on uh, Tuesday, the 4th of uh, next month. Okay. All right. Uh, the second one, second thing that we have to vote on here is a special permit, and I'm going to make a motion to approve a special permit application. The purpose of erecting a digital sign at 704 Memorial Drive, subject to being in compliance with city regulations regarding digital signs and the eight second delay requirement regarding digital signs to be uh, met by the applicant. I'll second. I'll okay. second it. All right, we'll second it. Okay, all right. Uh, Carla, could we have um, the, the roll call vote before I write this up, please? Councilors Balak here? Yes. Bouchain? Pinia Costello? McAuliffe? Lopez? Yes. Zigorowski? Yes. Libri? Yes. Okay. All right. Just give me a minute. I'll write this up and then we'll sign off on this. Okay, Bob. 
things, Gary. We're just having the signature sign off on the signature page, so we're almost done. Okay, so the motion was to um, approve a special permit application for the purpose of erecting a digital sign. 704 Memorial Drive, subject to being in compliance with city regulations regarding digital signage. And there was also the uh, caveat of the eight second delay requirement regarding digital signs to be met by the applicant. And uh, the committee, subcommittee sign and approval unanimously, and this will go before the full city council. On Tuesday, the 4th of um, April. All right. Okay. All right. Af uh, applicant from uh, Check Sign Company, you're all set. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thank Have you very day. much. Okay. Welcome. Okay. Moving right along. Item number two. Special permit application under Chapter 275, Section 52B, Subsection 10, Subsection 50, C2, for the purpose of parking facilities within residential A district. Place existing accessory sign, waiver requested, front setback from 25 feet to 12 feet, located at 147 Grape Street and Zero Grape Street map 063-31. The applicant is the uh, Elms College, Katie Longley, 291 Springfield Street, Chickpea, Mass, 01013. Is the applicant here? Uh, on behalf of, uh, you please have the applicant speak into the mic. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hello. Could, you, could, uh, could you repeat that again, please, sir? Sorry. Your yes, hi. My name is Doug Searle. I work with Berkshire Design Group. We're representing Elms College, and with me is uh, Jeff DePaul, uh, a staff member at Elms College. Uh, we're here to present a special permit application. They were requesting uh, the existing facilities of 147 Grape Street are owned by Elms College and used as a creative writing center. The facility in its current condition has an existing parking lot that holds uh, 17 spaces and there's an existing sign that is uh, approximately 10.7 feet uh, away from uh, the property line. Uh, so those uh, two existing conditions are, are currently not conforming. Uh, and uh, the school is in the process of making some improvements to the overall site, uh, repaving the parking lot, adding some vegetation, adding a new ADA ramp to the building, and, and making some improvements to the building itself. Uh, so we're here tonight to uh, see it, uh, to request a, uh, a special permit for uh, the use of that parking within a residential aid district, uh, and then uh, also the school is looking to upgrade the existing sign, uh, replace that with something that's more conforming to what they have on campus uh, for some more uniformity of their signage. Uh, the second sign is uh, currently, the new sign is proposed to be about 12 feet from the, from the line. So uh, that's why we're requesting this waiver uh, from the 25 foot setback. Okay, all right, okay, thank you. 
the other gentleman next to you, is he part of your group or does he have some comments additionally? No, no comments. I'm a director at Elms College. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Um, let me read. Um, well, first of all, let me ask, are there any abutters to 147 Grave Street that may have some questions or concerns? All right. Okay, could, gentlemen, could you please step aside and and uh, please come to the microphone and um, state your um, state your name and address and uh, what your question or issue is, sir. Uh, Rick Salvador and one forty one Grape Street. My only concern is the size. Okay. It, it, I so haven't seen any drugs. Okay, so in particular, sir, uh, you're, you're saying size, but are, are you referencing to the sign or the, something on the subject mm, property? Just the parking lot. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Okay, all right, thank you. Okay, why don't you have a seat, and um, can, you, can you sit down, sir, and then the, these other folks come back and just reference the size of the parking lot. I think there was a reference about, was it 17 parking spaces before? Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead, sir. You just just t mention that, please, and then I'm going to read this into the report. Okay. The existing lot uh, currently contains 17 parking spaces. Uh, the proposed lot is a slightly reduced uh, size lot uh, that would contain 11 parking spaces. Okay. 11 parking spaces. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. If you could just step aside, please, um, and let me read the reports. And then I'll have our um, planner uh, also reference this before we open up to the floor, okay? All right, this is a report from um, engineering. Um, sign cannot overhang sidewalk or impede. Okay. Building department, uh, there's nothing here, okay? This is from the fire department. Um, no issues. And this is a report from the um, Department of Planning and Development. Special permit recommendation for 147 Grape Street, Council Balakir. Property is zoned residential A, relief of setback requirements for sign placement from 25 feet to 12 feet from the property line requires a special permit under Chapter 275, Section 50, Subsection C1. Planning sees no issue with relief of setback requirements. Applicant is looking to obtain a special permit for a parking facility in Residential A Zoning District. This requires a special permit under Chapter 275, Section 52, Subsection B10. Planning recommends approval of the special permit, which will allow Elms College to advance significant property improvements at the subject property consistent with the completed project SPRAC review. Okay. Uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, there is one other item that's of, of interest here. This is from the collectors and the treasurer's office. And this regards the uh, verification of payment of all bills. Uh, it appears that there's an outstanding water bill, sir, at um, 
it looks like this amount is $32, which is due um, at the end of the month, the 30th, okay? So if you could please look into that because uh, we will make that as a condition uh, that, that all bills have to be paid, uh, any liens have to be paid. So if you could look into that, please. All right, okay, all right. Um, Lee, go ahead, jump in before the, uh, the other counselors get involved. Sure, thank, thank you, you, Counselor. Uh, so this is uh, yet another uh, example of um, a great project with uh, the Elms College. Uh, the improvements here uh, would actually address a number of existing non-conformities with the property. Uh, with the redevelopment of the parking lot, they're actually moving pavement away from other residential abutters and incorporating appropriate screening onto the parcel. Uh, overall, there's a, a slight reduction in pavement uh, and some improvement to the aesthetics of the front uh, green area that also exists. Uh, similar to your last uh, uh, application, the existing sign location does not conform to the 25-foot setback, uh, so they're looking for relief. This is not a digital sign. This is just a, a backlit sign uh, uh, for the college. So overall, this has gone through site plan review with our departments. There were very minimal issues. Um, this administrative step for relief for the sign setback, parking in residential A zone property um, are just required to allow the project to move forward. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, thank you, Lee. Okay, counselors, questions, concerns? Okay, Councilor Zagorowski, go ahead, yeah. sir. What is gonna be the usage of this building? It's a reading center. It's for, for you know, students to go and read poetry, and um, it's, it's not, not used a lot, but um, it's, it's special to one of our alumni, and that's why we're, we're uh, going to be naming it after his, his wife and, uh, and just giving it a facelift. You know, that whole corner needs a facelift, and mm -hmm. we're beautifying the whole thing. They're here strictly for the parking. That's it. Building? No, the the building. We've already started work on the building. Frank, we went down and got our building permits from Frank. So we're residing the building, new windows, new handicap ramp. Um, it was quite an eyesore. So um, this is a facelift to the whole piece of property. Can whoever speak to the mic? So this is, there's a, a, essentially three questions before the council tonight on this. Number one is special permit for the parking facility to be located within a residential aid district. The second vote will be the waiver from 12 feet, I'm sorry, from 25 feet required to 12 feet. The third vote will be the special permit to install the sign. So the building is, the building has nothing to do with us tonight. This is just parking and sign. Um, all set? Okay, actually, excuse me a second. Hey, Council, could we make a request that we have a SPRAC review here? Is that uh, that you cover all, all aspects 
of of apartments, or is that being a bit overzealous? Councillor Valakir, I can speak to that. So we've already completed a SPRAC review, and it was through the SPRAC review that it was identified that relief from the signage requirements was needed, okay. and that there wasn't an existing special permit for the parking in Residential A. So, and in granting the special permit, you will actually be checking the three items off the list for those two things that are already incorporated into their SPRAC comments. Okay, so we don't need to go that far. We don't need to go okay. that far. It's All already right. done. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Other counselors? Councilor Bree, go ahead. Yeah, just looking at, at the plans here, um, I think that's going to beautify the area. As the gentleman uh, said, that it was an eyesore, and uh, I'm glad they're fixing up the building. And um, I know, you know, taking uh, some parking spots away and, you know, adding vegetation is going to help the neighborhood uh, and the residents, uh, you know, should, you know, like that. So uh, I, I'll be for it tonight. Thank you. All right. Councilor Mary Beth, go ahead. Thanks, Use the mic. I'm sorry about that. I'm very happy that the Elms is uh, pursuing this. Um, not only is it going to beautify the area, but it's going to give uh, the students more parking to uh, uh, to uh, enjoy a building uh, that will be uh, another learning center for the students. So uh, it looks like, according to the city planner, everything has been addressed and is being addressed. So um, I'm in favor of this. As a graduate, um, I'm happy that the Elms is uh, making our city even more beautiful. Thank you. All right. All set, Councillor? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Councillor Lopez, any questions or concerns? No further questions at this time. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. So it looks like we had a couple of things to consider, uh, folks. Um, we have to consider the waiver, um, the special permit, and also the uh, outstanding water bill. Okay. So um, I'm going to make a motion about the waiver. Waiver requested um, front set, set back from 25 feet to 12 feet, um, located at um, one of 47 Grape Street regarding the um, the, the uh, accessory sign. All right. Do I have? A I'll make a motion. Okay. I'll second. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, Carla, could you? Uh, uh, take the roll before we write this up, please, regarding uh, what was just requested, the front setback. Councilors Balakir? Yes. Cushane? Kenia Costello? Yes. McAuliffe? Lopez? Yes. Zagorowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Just write this up. Let's see. <clears throat>
said we're going to need. Okay. Okay, well, we'll do the science first. There was a waiver request from a setback from 25 feet to 12 feet regarding the accessory sign located at 147 Grave Street and Zero Grave Street, map 063-31. Uh, this was voted favorably by the committee uh, members here, and uh, they will, this will go before the full city council on April 4th, Tuesday. Okay. So... We're also going to need So we also have the, the waiver request for the purpose of the parking facilities within residential. Okay. I'll make a motion to approve the installation of the sign. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Carl, go ahead. Please call the roll. Councilors Bellic here. Yes. Cushane. Vinia Costello. Yes. McAuliffe. Lopez. Yes. Zigorowski. Yes. Labrie. Yes.
Okay, so <clears throat> there's also a waiver requested for the purpose of the installation of the sign. That was voted favorably by the committee. That'll go before the full board on fourth um, uh, Tuesday. Okay. Now, <laughs> all right. So this is a motion for the special permit for the purpose. Um, Purpose of the parking facilities within residential aid district. Okay. All right. I have a second on that. Okay. All right. Second. Okay. All right. And uh, the condition also is going to be with that that the water bill has to be paid as well. All right. Okay, Carla, go ahead. I'll take a roll call, please. Councilors Balak here. Yes. Cushane. Pinacastello? Yes. McAuliffe? Lopez? Yes. Jigorowski? Yes. Lavrine? Yes. We're just signing off. I need to just give us a minute or two more, please.
Okay, so this is a special permit for the purpose of parking facilities within residential A district at 147 Grape Street and 0 Grape Street map 063-31. And also the condition that the water bill is to be paid before the April 4th City Council meeting. All right. Okay, so this again, uh, gentlemen, will go before the full uh, City Council on April 4th, Tuesday. All right. All right, and good luck with the accreditation. I know that's going on, so the campus is getting spiffed up. Ended so, yesterday. Okay. Went well. Okay, went well. Well, that's good. That's good, because I, I did notice the work that was being done on Grape Street, so I know that uh, I, I think there was uh, a lot of uh, need to get it done. Time was of the essence, right? Okay. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Have a good Thank night. You. Thank Thanks. You. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, item number three. This is what everybody's here for besides the other ones. Um, special permit application under Chapter 275, Section 66A, for the purpose of allowance of a business, commercial, or industrial development on Burnett Road, parcel ID map 294, lot 6 and lot 7. Applicant is Scanelli Properties, number 705, LLC, co of Leo Lighton, 294 Grove Lane, Suite 140, uh, was that of Minnesota, it looks like, 55391. Okay, all right. Uh, please state your name and your address and uh, what your proposal is, sir. Go ahead. Sure, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Attorney Todd Broder. Here on behalf of the applicant, I'm with the office of Fletcher Tilton, and the applicant tonight is Scannell Properties, and I think there was a, a number and an LLC attached to it, but it's Scannell Properties, who's a national uh, development organization, and Leo, Leo Layton's in the, in the audience with me tonight. Um, our civil engineer is also here, Austin Turner from Bowler Engineering. He's going to go through the site plan in a few minutes in a little bit of detail, but hopefully not excruciating detail for you folks. And Scott Thornton's here tonight from Vanassa and Associates, and he's the traffic engineer on the project as well. And he's also going to do a, a short presentation. Again, hopefully won't be too painful. And we're certainly all here for questions and answers to anything that we don't specifically address in our formal remarks. So as you as you read, Mr. Chairman, we're here seeking a special permit under that section 275-66A. And this is for the development of an electric car dealership and service center on Burnett Road. Give you a little bit more detail on that in a minute, but as, as I'm sure you're aware, that specific section requires a special permit, us to file a site plan, so you have a, a view of what the site might look like, and Austin is uh, portraying a colored up version on the, on the screen in front of you. And also to, to have a traffic impact analysis done and presented, which, which we have done that, and you'll see the, the, the study will show you what the impacts are on traffic. We think they're fairly minimal, but we'll certainly hear, hear about that, I'm sure. And Scott will elaborate on that in a few minutes. You may also know we're, we're seeking a, a zone change petition. This is because the lot currently is split zoned. It's almost two-thirds in the industrial zone and, all, and about a third in the um, industrial garden plan unit development type one zone. 
So the purpose of that is just to make it continuity between the between the entire parcel. And that's on the agenda for, for planning board for an upcoming hearing. Just wanted to mention that. Additionally, you know, as we as we proceed through the process of, of permitting, you know, here in Chicopee, we we understand we'll need site plan approval from the planning board. And we're also understanding we'll need conservation commission approval because there is some work within the buffer zones uh, of wetlands. So this won't be the first time that, you know, or last time that the project will be heard from, I think, in, in Chicopee, but wanted to mention that those are some of the steps that we understand that we, we need to take. So the site's about 7.1 acres. As I mentioned, it's split zone currently. And what we're proposing, which is on the, on the plan in front of you, is an approximately 50,000 square foot building, which is really predominantly a service center. There is a small um, small area for display of, of, of vehicles, but it's really only two or three vehicles that are on the site at any given time. It's predominantly service, and there's a 7,000 or 7,200 square foot parts, parts center for that servicing to be, to be done on, on site. Uh, the, the intended use of the site is by Tesla, so we, you know, we wanted to provide that information so that you had some some color as to who the mm -hmm. the tenant was, and as you know, they 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 produce electric vehicles. So there's no gas, this isn't hybrid. It's all electric. So any of the servicing that's done doesn't contain some of the some of the uglier elements of service that are usually a part of a you know part of an automobile service center. Customers, you know, would be able to come to the site to take test drives. It's typically four to six demo vehicles on site and they can take a test drive. But what this site doesn't have, which a traditional car dealership would have, is hundreds and hundreds of inventory cars on site. This is really done a little bit differently. Orders are placed based on, you know, some, sometimes the test drive but and, and, there's, and there's those vehicles that are on site, but it's really done a lot with, with computers and you're on there picking options and things of that nature. It's not you don't walk around the site and say, I want that blue one over there. It's a, a little, little bit different of a process for this particular you know, vehicle and this particular company. So the service work is done, done here, you know, standard servicing, which is things like tire replacement, tire balancing, alignments, topping off water and the like, and occasional uh, battery replacement. Most of the services are done in an hour or two, and most of the customers would wait in the lounge area. If it takes longer or the customer can't wait, there would be loaner cars there, but um, typically it's a shorter service than some of your traditional servicing. There are 48 bays per, that are projected to be in the building. And again, about 7,200 square feet of parts storage. Again, the hazardous chemicals that are stored on the site, extremely minimal. It's not the traditional you know, you know, uh, car, uh, oils, no gasolines and other hazardous substances. The employee count is expected to be around 35, and this being, you know, a new facility for the area, these would all be, you know, new jobs. 15 or so tech certified technicians or mechanics, support staff, sales folks, support uh, sales support staff, and a few managers. So about 35 employees at any at any given time that would be a part of the part of the operation. Um, so. He's behind me now. He was over there. I'm going to have Austin going to run you through the, the site plan, which is on the screen, and describe some of those site features. 
Hey, Austin, please state again your name, your address, and uh, what your proposal is or what you're advocating. Thank you. uh, for the record, Austin Turner with Bowler. We are the land development and civil engineering consultants working on the project. Okay. Address is 352 Turnpike Road in Southboro, Massachusetts. Okay. Go ahead, sir. So, uh, Todd did an excellent job, as usual, of summarizing the program. I'll do a high-level overview of the site plan, some of the components of it, and then I'll flip it to Scott to talk about the traffic. It's really kind of the impetus behind the special permit request. Um, Lee and the team here have been fantastic to work with, as, as is work customary. Um, been very gracious in allowing us to ask some questions and make sure we, we structured a plan that um, had some initial collaboration with that team. So I'm pretty grateful for that. This project here, as Todd mentioned, we've designed it to be dimensionally conforming. So it, it is by right, quote unquote, under the zoning, presuming, of course, that the, the, the zone gets consolidated and that split zone goes away, as we've been told the city's kind of in, in favor of eliminating some of those things. Um, high level overview, we're proposing a, a single full access onto Burnett Road, which you can see kind of in the lower right of the image, kind of where that little appendage or that triangular shaped piece is going to be. That's, that's the driveway that would come into the property. Uh, the, the customer parking is in the, in the front of the building or where the entrance is. And that's on the right side of that building as you see it. The parking that's kind of isolated and located in the front, that's generally for customers to, to pick up vehicles that have been serviced or, or brand new that they've ordered and delivered. And then the parking on the perimeter of the site is generally to support kind of operational needs of the property, new vehicles have been dropped off or, or, or the service component of the building. Um, as Todd mentioned, we are going to be appearing in front of the planning board, obviously for a full comprehensive site plan review. We have uh, conservation for some, some wetland items that we'll be engaging them on shortly as well. Um, we fully intend and expect that this will be compliant with both the city's as well as the state's stormwater policy with a pretty robust stormwater system that we're starting to get into design for that and then and all utility services as, as you'd expect. It'll be it'll be adequately and appropriately landscaped too. We're, we're intending to provide some nice landscaping along the road as you enter kind of that that, that driveway and then interior to the property as well to, to have a lot of green space and make it look uh, welcoming frankly. So that's a very, very high level. I don't want to get too granular in a site plan. I know that the traffic is kind of the, the focus of the evening and then the special permit requests, frankly. So I'd be happy to answer any specific site plan questions right now, or I can have Scott come up and talk about the, the very thorough traffic analysis that he put together. Why don't, why don't you have um, Scott come up All right. Sure. at this point? All right. Thank okay. you. Yep. Again, Scott, name and address and uh, <clears throat> who you represent and um, a discussion is please sure uh scott thornton with vanessa and associates we're traffic engineers and planners uh address is 35 new england business center drive in andover um so we prepared the traffic assessment for the project um a standard assessment um and i've got i know we want to go into into some detail on uh the traffic uh, issues uh, around the project uh, because that's that's what a lot of people are concerned with. So right. uh, so I may go into a little more detail than than might be typical, but um, and then if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them. So we prepared a the standard traffic assessment uh, consistent with state and industry guidelines, uh, uh, consistent with Mass DOT protocols for traffic assessments. Uh, we looked at uh, 
four intersections, three existing are signalized, and one proposed it's unsignalized is the intersection of the of the site driveway with Burnett Road. And those other three intersections going from that location to the south uh, include New uh, Lombard Road, uh, First Avenue, and the uh, I-90 ramp, 291 uh, intersections with Burnett Road. Uh, we did traffic counts in November of last year, uh, looked at three time periods, looked at the, at the weekday morning time period, weekday evening time period, and Saturday midday time period. So at these locations, we have seven hours of traffic count data at, at each one. Um, we also looked, we did a fairly comprehensive review of existing conditions. So not just traffic volumes, but we looked at crash data, we looked at um, site distances, we looked at vehicle speeds. Uh, so a number of different data points for review in the, in the existing conditions. Um, but we did take those traffic volumes, we made the appropriate adjustments for seasonal considerations. That gave us our, um, our 2022 existing conditions. Uh, to that, we then uh, project out to uh, using a seven-year horizon year consistent with the DOT guidelines uh, to 2029 no-build conditions. We have a growth factor that's included in there. Uh, we also checked in with Lee to see if there were any other background projects, projects that are on the books but haven't been built yet. Um, there's nothing in this area. Uh, that's 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 approved but not yet constructed. Um, so we take that we take that uh, that future condition, um, which we refer to as a no build project or no build condition. Then we add we estimate our project traffic, add that to the no build that becomes the build consideration, and we look at um, the relative differences between the no build and the build to identify what the impact of the project is. Um, so speaking of the of the um, development of the project traffic uh, generation, the next slide shows uh, more detail and and we developed the project trips for the weekday morning and the weekday evening and the Saturday midday time period. And I can start off by saying that this is an extremely conservative assessment and that uh, the the trips that were generated were based on uh, a publication, the ITE Trip Generation Manual, 11th edition, it's the latest, latest and greatest model. Um, but the issue with it is that it's not set up to accommodate or generate traffic for this specific model. Um, the, the counts in the database for ITE go back to the 1980s. And when you think about how people were buying cars in the 80s and the 90s, and, and even you know in the last, last decade, Involved a trip to to the to the dealership, you know, drive this one, drive that one, uh, go around three or four uh, different vehicles, maybe be there for a few hours. Um, service type the uh, uh, appointments. You bring in the vehicle, you might drop it off, go to another uh, go to another appointment or something. You know, maybe three hours, four hours, maybe the whole day. The car is there. <clears throat> As you heard from from Todd earlier. This isn't that type of operation. You know, a lot of the services take place in an hour or two hours, and and there's not there's not vehicles there for for purchase on the lot. People are going in that have that have already uh, purchased it. They purchased a vehicle online, and when it's when it's ready for pickup, they're notified. They come in, they take it, and that's it. So so we've 
we've heard we've looked at some numbers that have been provided by Tesla. These traffic volumes may in fact be uh, be off or up by a factor of two or higher. So um, you know, on the one hand, it's good because if we're estimating the project traffic at this level, then uh, it's a conservative assessment. So worst case scenario on the on the traffic uh, intersections, and it gives us a way to perform a stress test on the intersections to see if there's any issues. Um, the flip side of that is that it may it may dramatically overestimate the project trips. Um, one last point on this: the ITE database for uh, for new car sales has an average um, employee total of 62 employees at any given at any given dealership uh, for a site of about 36,000 square feet. So those numbers are are about double and about half of what uh, what this site is. In that, this site, as Todd mentioned, would have about 35 employees at any given point, and and the site is about 50,000 square feet. So again, we think that this is a conservative assessment, um, but uh, but you know it, it's 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 a good way to review the the project impact. Um, so we we take these uh, we take the project trips and we distribute them out onto the study area, and uh, the next slide shows uh, trip distribution map, and you can see we've got uh, based on the, the traffic patterns that were identified in the accounts that we did, we've got about 75% of the project traffic coming to and going from the uh, uh, from the south. Um, that includes uh, traffic headed up onto I-90 and down 291. Between Burnett Road to the north and Lombard Road, we've got about 25% of the project traffic. Um, that may be high. We're thinking that um, a lot of the, the trips to this site would be made from, from further destinations, from, from regional locations um, that would lend themselves to taking highways. Uh, to sh for shorter travel time and not back roads. But so this is the distribution uh, that we identified, but 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 let's put it in some context as well. So the next slide shows uh, shows the trips in relation to uh, the, the current traffic volumes. So the the numbers in the blue arrows represent the current hourly traffic volumes between the, and it's a range that, that we have there between the AM and the PM and the, and the Saturday midday peak hours. Uh, the numbers in the green ellipses represent uh, the project volumes and during those same time periods. So you can see that, you know, for instance, uh, on, on I-91, we've got somewhere in the, somewhere in the range of, 4,000, three to 4,000, um, three, uh, sorry, 3,000 to 3,700 on 291. Um, and then the pike to the east has between 4,000, 4,700. Um, whereas, you know, at that specific location, uh, we're expecting 20 to 40 trips, uh, from the site to, to, to arrive. Um, so it, in general, you look at this and it, and the numbers 
you know, on an hourly basis, which is what all the analysis is based on. Um, look, we're looking at about a, you know, somewhere between a two and 4% increase uh, due to the project. Um, and, and that's, that's what we found, um, you know, in that it's, it's, um, it's a pretty small increase in terms of, of the hourly impacts. And, uh, so because of that, we would expect that when we, when we add that project traffic into the, uh, no build condition to get the build condition, do the analysis, because these increases are not that significant, we would expect that we don't have, or we wouldn't have. Uh, um, a huge impact, huge increase in delays at area intersections. And that turns out to be the case. You know, in general, uh, at, the, at the locations that we looked at, uh, we have no changes in level of service on an overall basis. Uh, the project results in increases in delay of a few seconds on, um, on, so, on some of the approaches. But but again, on the overall basis, it's it's really uh, a really a minimal uh, traffic uh, impact on these locations. So um, I think that's it for the for the traffic study. Just to summarize, uh, standard assessment uh, review the traffic impacts during three time periods. Um, conservative <laughs> assessment of the trip generation. The peak hour traffic increases are between one and one and a half percent on a weekday. And between 2.8 and 4% on a Saturday, uh, and we've got minor increases in delay at the study area intersections, but no change in level of service as a result of the project. So, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Okay, um, Lee, would you like? Is it more pertinent to have you come in now, or let Scott stay here? I can go at the end, Council. You can. Okay. All right. Um, any councillors that want to talk to Scott first before I, I have Lee come in regarding the traffic study? Lot is okay. Go, go ahead, Councillor. I'll direct this to you. I, I just didn't hear the number of parking spaces on the property. Again, for the record, Austin Turner with Bowler. Uh, the total number of parking spaces is 395. Welcome. All right. You think we're all set? Uh, yeah, I'll wait until you're ready for my comments. Yeah, okay. All right. Anybody else from the applicant? Any other facets uh, that we should be made aware of uh, before we get going with some other people here? Go, go ahead, sir. Sure, no, Mr. Chairman, we're, we're done with our formal presentation, but certainly any other group is happy to answer questions. Okay, why, why, don't, why don't you have a seat? Then, then I'm gonna have Lee come in to give our city perspective, uh, some city reports, counselors, and then public input, okay? All right. Bailey, you're up, go ahead, sir. Sure, thank you, Councilor. So I'll just r r run you through my memo um, and hopefully clarify what could be a, a couple confusing items. Uh, so, as you know, this is a special permit being uh, requested under Chapter 27566, which is effectively the Burnett Road Moratorium. Um, and uh, the confusion is that your, uh, the council with this uh, zoning chapter requires a special permit be issued by the council for by-right uses that are allowed in the zoning district. Um, so what you're seeing tonight are conceptual plans. 
uh, because these plans have not been submitted to the planning board yet for review um, until there's a special permit through this moratorium there would be no point in investing the time and resources in developing fully engineered plans for review if the council wasn't inclined to grant the special permit. Uh, so you're seeing this uh, absent uh, department review on the full, fully developed plan set. Additionally, uh, because of uh, abutting uh, resource areas, particularly in the state park to the north, this project will also require review um, and conditions through an NOI to the Conservation Commission and that filing has also uh, not happened yet um, and likely will not happen until uh, if and when the special permit is granted um, through the City Council. And this is one of the tensions between uh, the moratorium chapter and our typical review process for what is otherwise a site plan review. Um, you're seeing this as a concept plan without the benefit of the review process and the SPRAC review that would happen uh, with the planning board. Uh, so just in general, um, I would say that in reviewing um, the proposed use, which is a car dealership and, and maintenance facility against both the existing zoning districts on the property, which are industrial and IPUD, it's an allowed use in both zones. Um, so it would be a by right use with or without the, uh, the zone change request to make the entire property uniform. Um, the only difference being that with the zone change, the applicant would not have to follow two different dimensional packages because there are slight dimensional differences for setbacks between uh, industrial and the IPUD zoning districts. Um, other than that, um, I can't give you too much more information because we haven't done a technical review yet and that won't happen until it goes to the planning board. Um, I would suggest it's a, it's a perfectly acceptable use within the zoning districts. Um, and the council should allow it to start moving through the regular uh, process of review with both the Conservation Commission and the Planning Board. All right, let me just read, um, read a couple of departmental reports, kind of what Lee sort of just referenced. Uh, Lee kind of gave uh, a little ver smaller version, but I'm gonna read what he wrote for the department reports and other reports and uh, before I open things up a little bit more. Okay, thank you, Lee, for those comments, those remarks. Okay, um, some of this is gonna kind of mirror what Lee kind of referenced, but I want to read this into the record. Special permit recommendation for map 294, lot six and seven Burnett Road, House of Balakir. Applicant is requesting a special permit under chapter 275, section 66, Burnett Road. Chapter 275-66 effectively functions as a zoning moratorium on a by-right development within defined area Burnett Road neighborhood, as Lee was referencing. Zoning moratoriums are intended to be temporary. Well, this moratorium has been annually renewed since 1999. Proposed uses of the property as an automobile dealership and service center for electric vehicles or by right uses in both of the zoning districts present on the property, industrial and industrial garden plan unit development, IPUD. Under industrial chapter 275, section 62A, i.e. automotive trade and motor vehicle repair services for business A and B districts. Under IPUD, Chapter 75, 
Section 63, subsection CI, i.e. industrial uses. Planning Department maintains that Chapter 275-66 is unenforceable as it restricts the ability of property owners to develop by right uses on subject properties. Planning recommends that the City Council either abandon this moratorium or grant the special permit to allow this project to begin site plan review with the Planning Board in addition to advancing appropriate filings with the Conservation Commission and it's assigned by Director Leopold yet. Okay, let me just see what else we have here in terms of departmental reports. Uh, building, there's nothing here right now. Uh, this is from fire. Uh, please provide fire apparatus, turn ratio diagram. Please provide all pertinent fire protection and suppression information as pertains to electric vehicle storage and service. Engineering, uh, no engineering comments at this time will address all issues during the SPRAC review. And I think that's all we have right now. Okay. Um, what I think I'd like to do now is I will let Councilor Dolbez, as he is the councilor of that um, part of the city, speak. I'll open up the councilors, then I'm going to open it up to um, public input. Okay, go ahead, Councilor Dolbez. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I, I mean, initially, I was really in favor of this. Uh, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it, but it's just a little bigger than uh, than I'm comfortable with. Uh, 400 parking spaces is quite a bit, I think, for this location and 48 bays. Uh, makes me a little nervous uh, for sure. I mean, if, if those 48 bays are full and the parking lot is full, that's quite a bit of traffic, 400 more cars uh, on Burnett Road. Uh, I want to thank the applicant for doing a traffic study with recent data. Um, I know uh, an initial concern of mine, um, and I know I've, I've talked publicly about this. Um, so f first off, I, I believe that, that there should be an entrance and exit to this property at the traffic light. Uh, where their entrance and uh, exit is, uh, I believe it looks like it's in between the intersection and, uh, and Duncan. And I can tell you the traffic going north already backs up enough where sometimes it blocks the entrance, I mean the exit from uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So if, if their entrance and exit is in between that, um, they'll never get in and out of that property. I don't believe that's safe. Uh, I think it should be at the traffic light. And some constituents were saying, well, what about people turning left onto the property? Uh, and I think there should be some kind of traffic arrow added or something like that. Uh, if this were to go through. Um, another concern, Mr. Chairman, uh, would the license committee be able to restrict uh, the number of cars for sale and the number of cars for repair? I'm not sure if our attorney could answer that. If they come in, if they, for sale? Yeah, yes. yes, because it's a car dealership. Would mm -hmm. the, what would the license committee be able to restrict? Number of cars. Number of cars. Um, if this business it, changes, it, so just say they built it, this it, building. Just to, I'm, just, sorry. I'm just following up on that. I don't believe they're actually physically selling cars at the location where they would actually have cars for display. I think it's you come in, test drive, and then you order it, and then it's delivered. So I don't think in the traditional sense they're going to actually have cars for sale. But if they do, then the License Commission certainly would have the ability to restrict the number of cars that are physically on site for sale. Oh, thank you. 
um, if, if the business changes for any reason, just say they built this building and then they wanted to change it to a different type of business, um, would, that, would they have to come back for another special permit under the current moratorium? For a new business? Yes. Under the current moratorium, yes. Okay, thank you. Um, my other concern, um, so first of all, I want the public to understand that, that they did apply for a zone change. They, they mentioned it from industrial garden to industrial. Um, I know that we're not voting on that tonight, but I just want to be on the record that I am not in favor of that zone change proposal at this time, um, because I, I think it would allow a bait and switch, uh, which is a lot of residents have called me concerned about that. Um, so definitely I would provide opposition for a zone change on this property. I did check they can build this current development under industrial garden. Uh, so I am concerned about that zone change as well. Um, I guess I would ask the board for um, a little bit more time for me to, uh, to swallow this. I've never seen a, a, this site plan before. I appreciate them providing it, um, but it is, it is quite a, a big, it's a bigger development than I was expecting. Uh, and uh, I would like more residents uh, to give, give more residents the chance to see it. Um, so I guess my ask from the board is, uh, you know, to, to table this to the next, uh, next meeting. Um, if that's not possible, um, some of the conditions that I would recommend, um, you know, first, first off, uh, what I already mentioned is um, the entrance and exit onto this property. Uh, I believe it should be at the intersection of New Lombard Road and Burnett Road. Uh, I believe it should be at that intersection. Uh, and uh, I think that, you know, they should add a traffic arrow. Uh, and I think that's the only safe way to enter and exit this property. Uh, the second condition uh, would be, uh, look, I already mentioned if the business changes, uh, it should be subject to approval from the city council, uh, you know, as long as this moratorium is, is active. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, third, I, I would just recommend that, you know, restricting uh, the size of this parcel. I mean, 400 parking spaces is a lot. If there's only 35 employees at any given time, uh, 400 parking spaces seems a bit excessive. Uh, I would ask the board to uh, to trim that uh, for sure. I'd like to hear from some constituents, please. Thank you. Just one clarification, Mr. Ch so I just want to clarify. So are you asking me if a new dealership came in, would they have to get a special permit? The answer is no. But any other type of business, it would be yes. No, because the special permit that we're dealing with just says new construction in addition. So as long as they can fit in the footprint, no. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that clarification. Thank you, Attorney. Okay. Councilor Dubaj, you're all set? Uh, for now, yes. Thank you. Okay, right. So this is a large parcel. This is 7.1 acres, so that is that is a big piece of property. Okay. And um, all right. Um, I'm just going to go along to other counselors before we open this up to public input. Okay. Um, Councilor Flam? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Chair, if I can ask a question, is <clears throat> listening to uh, Councilor Dobas. I, I'm curious to understand why we need uh, 400 parking spaces myself. Um, that's probably the same size as uh, Mercedes is about. Right now we have Mercedes has about somewhere near three something, I believe too. But I'm just curious, what's the idea of that many parking spaces? I mean, because they, they're not, you're gonna have a pickup, he mentioned, you're not, it's not the normal, come in, park four or five cars, take a car out for a ride, back and forth so that that's good for traffic but i still don't understand why 400 car spots are that if they can answer that for me just to understand why sure. 
Is it okay. a regional place? Is it going to be a regional maintenance place? Is it going to be uh, uh, repaired? That's what I need to know. Okay, all right, Councillor. Thank you. Thank you. Um, go ahead, sir. Again, your name and sure. uh, your address. Yes, and... Todd Broder, Attorney Todd Broder with Fletcher Tilton. Yes, go ahead, Todd. So Could you to, answer to try the question? To, sure, to try to answer the question. There. <laughs> there is a there is a program that that sort of goes into the development of how many parking spaces, right? And, he, and he, it's a it's a good question because there's a lot of spaces on the site. You know, we talked about 35 employees or so on the site. They obviously need a place to park. Customer parking towards the towards the front of the building is sort of that direct entry parking there. You know, the, those customers need a place to park. There's folks that will be waiting or their cars being serviced. They need a place to park. There are, this is a location where new vehicles will be delivered and will await a customer pickup. So depending upon when that is, if they arrive on a Monday and the customer doesn't pick up the car until a Friday, then the car would, would sit in a spot for a number of days. There isn't the tra traditional, you know, three or 400 cars of inventory, you know, stacked up everywhere, but there are you know, new cars that will sit in a space for a period of time as they're waiting to get picked up. And the same with the serviced cars. If somebody left it on a Monday and they had to, they couldn't come back until Tuesday, that car will sit in a, in a parking space, you know, on, on the site as well. So there is a purpose behind all of the spaces. It's not meant to just park a whole lot of inventory on the site. And that is the number of spaces that 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 Tesla feels are appropriate for this type of facility of of, of this size. Again, if I could right. continue. So, where is the nearest Tesla one that you located from this new one that you're proposing? To be to be fair, I'm not sure. But to to your point before, is this considered sort of a regional? Yes. The answer is yes. I mean, I think when you heard from. Scott on the traffic, you know, he anticipates a lot of the trips will be coming on the highway because they might be coming from, might be coming from Connecticut. They might be coming from, you know, from other areas, east, east, west, north, south. So it's not, you know, if you think about a traditional car dealership, there's a, there's a GMC dealer every, you know, 10, 15 miles or something like that. I don't think you're going to see the same thing. And there isn't, there isn't that situation right now with Tesla. This is one of the first that I'm, that I'm aware of would serve this purpose in the area. All right, thank you for now. Okay, thank you. Yep. And Mr. Okay. Mr. Chairman, I'm not sure if you want me to try to address some of the other counselors' comments while they're um, uh, top of mind, or, or I, we can wait. Well, no, we, we could, well, let, let me just go around the room first. Sure, no problem. Okay, Todd, so again, I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I will again, forget, so uh, that's why I but raised if, that. <laughs> if, if you want to take a seat, you can sure. take a seat, and it will just kind of go around the room and uh, take it from there, but, but thank you. Okay. Councilor Zagorowski, any questions at this point in time? I I agree with the council. Go ahead. The the uh, ins and outs are coming in there. I'd rather see it by the light, also, Derek. I I know what that area is like, but as long as we get the light there to control in and out and how the markings on the street is to allow cars with an arrow and everything, I think that whole area has to be developed differently to allow cars to go in and out of there and people to proceed still onto Burnett Road to go up the street. So I'd have some questions and I think that your idea there is good. That's the only one I have at this time. Okay, all right, thank, thank you. you. Okay, Councilor Briggs. Yeah, I would have a question to our city engineer, you know, if what they plan 
you know, that the city engineering department approve their plans. Uh, you know, I'd like to have his input and maybe a report for the file for the next meeting that we postpone it to, um, just to get an idea, you know, and maybe, you know, they can talk to the city engineer and, uh, you know, come up with a different plan or, you know, talk the engineer into, you know, that's the plan, but I'd like to hear from the, our city engineer on, on this. Yeah, once. Okay. All right. Oh, Yes. Okay. Thank you. Go ahead, Lee. Sorry. I want to recognize and appreciate the comments regarding access and, and flow patterns. So one of the challenges here is that you are, again, seeing a concept plan prior to the city engineer reviewing it through the SPRAC process that the planning board will trigger when they receive plans. So um, we usually don't have the city engineer review twice. Um, it would just be as part of the site plan review process in preparation for the public hearings with the planning board. So the city engineer, the DPW superintendent, police and fire will see both a preliminary plan, which will largely be based on something like this, um, and then a definitive plan. And I can guarantee you, just like every other project that goes through that process, <coughs> there will be changes to the layout based on the engineer, police, fire, and other reviewing departments. Just you're seeing this extremely early compared to what the traditional process looks like. So regardless of whether or not you have the city engineer look at it now or later, things are going to change. So I would caution you to not over restrict now um, and then tie the hands of your reviewing departments when it gets to them. Thank you. Thank then you. I would take that off of the condition. All right, thank you. Uh, go ahead, Todd. Because the comment's been made now a couple of times, I think I can maybe help the, the conversation along. Ahead, so we, we heard that comment. I can't recall exactly where we heard it. Maybe it was from Lee earlier on about maybe using the intersection as the entrance exit. And we are in the process of looking at various options which would do that. So we're not opposed to that. Um, I think the, 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 the real nitty gritty gets into when we review it with, with your town engineer and the, and the technical folks. If they think it's a bad idea for some reason, we wouldn't want to be held to using that. If they think it's a great idea, we're you know we're okay going in that direction. So I, I just wanted to make that comment before maybe other people had the same concern. You know, it makes some sense. It's just it this design came out of more the utility and how we anticipate you know getting getting those truck carriers on the site and things of that nature, turning radiuses. So um, it can be tweaked. And, and we can go forward with some option that uses the, the traffic light. So I, I you know, that no, came up no. a few times. I thought I'd just mention it. No, th no, thanks Todd for your input. No, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, just because uh, Burnett Road is a very busy street, mm -hmm. I think that that question is paramount with, with, with so many people in this room besides uh, public input will probably reference that as well and the citizens that live there. So to have that flexibility, uh, I, I think that's great because uh, I, I think in order for this plan to work, uh, there, there has to be some flexibility and some give and take. Sure. All right. All right. Thank you. And, and I think that's the process, right? So I think to Correct. the counselor's comment about this being the first time that people have seen the plan, we appreciate that. We understand that this isn't the last time that the plan will be on 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 you know on the on the pedestal here for looking at, and it won't be the first time that we'll hear the last time that we'll hear comments. So. We anticipate that through the planning board process, we'll have mm -hmm. you know some more public comment and and, right. and whatnot. I think 
we're trying to get to the next step, which is really what this is about. This is kind of the gating issue on the special permit. Mm -hmm. So we'll work through all of those engineering related issues, the traffic light, you know, if there's a question about how many parking spaces, et cetera, or green space, you know, those are the things that we absolutely anticipate talking about at planning board and or conservation commission, you know, if we can um, make our way to that, to that level. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, just, I want to go first time around with the counselors. Councilor Mary Beth, do you have some questions or concerns? Well, right now, I think a lot of questions that are legitimate have been raised, and I don't want to repeat them, but I would love to hear from the public what their input is and where we should go from here based on their needs. They live there. That, that is coming very soon. Thank you. Very soon. Okay. All set? Okay. Councilor Lopez, uh, on Zoom, do you have some questions or concerns at this point, please? Yes, I do. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, through the chair, if I can ask the folks over uh, representing Tesla. So is part of the reason why we you you are proposing so many parking spots, um, potentially putting some supercharging stations at this location? Well, to mention that, yes. So there are scheduled to be, I mean, this is the concept plan, but right now there are six charging stations that are scheduled. So are these six right. individual Sorry, I... plugs or how many plugs is each charging station? One. Okay. So potentially six supercharging stations. Are there any plans for any more than the six supercharging stations? That's what's on the program plan right now. Okay. What about regular charging? I don't know that we made a differentiation when we talked about the number of, of, of charging stations at this point. Okay. Um, so just for some background of why I'm asking that question. So supercharging stations um, take, usually folks spend around like 15 to 30 minutes at a super, supercharging station. Um, and so that is also like an added layer of traffic flow that occurs. Um, and so if you have six of those, and there are limited supercharging stations in the area. There are not a lot um, in, in our Chicopee area. And the location of where this plot would be would be pretty accessible from the highway. So I would estimate um, that that would be a, an increase in traffic as well. Um, and I know that traffic is a concern, of course, of folks who live in that neighborhood. So if we, um, I don't know if we're going to table it tonight or if we're going to approve. If, if we are approving or voting to approve, I would ask that one of the conditions be that they are not um, able to, under the uh, current um, permit, erect more than the six charging stations, um, just because the charging stations are easy enough to erect and that would create more of a traffic flow. And then at that point, I think um, that should just be a stipulation because if they do want more, they should have to come back and we can discuss, you know, if there are already traffic issues, because that's quite a lot of people that can be coming in and out just using the uh, supercharging stations, aside from the traffic from folks using it as a regional facility to come get their uh, their cars worked on. All right, Councilor Lopez, further questions? That's all for now. Okay, all right, thank you. Um, 
second time around for counselors, just quick because I know the public is waiting. All right, uh, Councillor Zagorowski, yeah, do you have a question? Go ahead, sir. Into the mic. Just curious, what are going to be the, maybe you don't even know at this point, the hours of operation, you know, there's something that just comes up, you're going to have charging stations, will that be accessible 24 hours a day? And what about your other, the, the rest of the business, what's the hours going to be there? Good question. The expected hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, and I apologize, I'm looking at my notes, but 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and Sundays 11 to 6 for the service, you know, the service hours. Charging stations. You know, we're, they're not intended to be, we're told, 24-hour a day, you know, state charging stations. All right. Thank you. Okay. That answers my question. All Thank right. you. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Derek. I'll Second time. Mr. Chairman, I'll be, I'll be quick. Okay. Um, so I, again, I'm asking the committee. I, I, I would ask that this be tabled uh, one more meeting. Um, again, if that's not the will of the committee, uh, I would ask you know again that the entrance and exit be at the intersection. Uh, I, I would probably ask that the parking spaces be cut in half. I, I, I would I would ask you know something like 200 parking spaces. I think is is more than reasonable, uh, or else I think they, this parcel is not the right parcel for this development. Uh, and I agree with Councillor Lopez, uh, no more than six charging stations. And I just wanted to push back a little bit. Uh, I would be more comfortable with uh, Doug Ellis, our city engineer, and some others commenting on this before we vote on it. Uh, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't get along with the planning board, okay? It's no secret. It's very public. That board hates me. Uh, I hate that board. Uh, I, I don't trust them to, to uh, represent my constituents. Uh, sorry, first personal attacks, so please. Uh, I apologize let's, for that. Let, yeah. let me just finish, please, with this. Um, I, I would like to hear from our city employees before we vote on this. I think that's a reasonable request, and I would like that before I vote on this. I think that's reasonable. I don't think it's appropriate to have the planning board handle all the restrictions. That doesn't even make sense. Thank you. Okay. All right. Okay, second time. Okay, go Thank ahead, Thank you, Councillor Valakir. Um, I agree with Councillor Dobas. He's the representing uh, councillor for the area. He knows this area. And I agree with him that based on the newness of this concept, where we're now talking about charging stations, which is not our normal dialogue, I think it's time that we, uh, we table this to get more information, especially in regards to our city engineer. Thank right. you. Okay, I think, uh, Lee, unless you have anything else, I think we're gonna open it up. Thank you, counselors, for your comments, questions, concerns. <laughs> I think we're gonna open it up to uh, public input. But these are, these are the rules that we're gonna have to have, otherwise we're gonna have to be here till 12 o'clock, okay? So it's gonna be three minutes, gonna be no personal attacks. You're gonna state your name and address. Uh, hopefully we're not gonna be getting redundancy uh, with people's questions or concerns. Um, and um, at this point, I think that's, in order to be fair, that's, that's what we're gonna do. So if people have questions or concerns, um, again, uh, it's not gonna be like the deli. We're just gonna have some order here. We're just gonna ask one person to come up State your name and address, three minutes. Again, no personal text. Then you're going to step down, and then another person is going to raise their hand. And they're going to come up, okay? 
All right, Gary, do we have a good timer? Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, people in the audience, uh, would someone like to start off with? Uh, again, three minutes, no personal attacks, name and address, and uh, uh, we'll go forth with it, okay? Go ahead, sir. Name and address. Good please. evening. Glenn Plant, 71 Angela Drive, Chickabee, Mass. Uh, I just asked, I'm, I mean, I just hate to trust Ram three minutes at you because obviously you've been at Ward 6 meetings before. There's not half as many people as normal. So if, if I would ask for a little extension, if I go over, I just don't want to rush it through. Well, let me ask you this if yes, I sir. can, please. If I give you three minutes, how much time do you think you're going to need? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, but it's a lot to take in because obviously they've had half an hour or whatever to explain things in different bits and pieces. So as a resident, you're just sitting there absorbing this and you, you might have a question about this, about that, about this. Well, well, and I just want to make sure that I get all my questions answered. I mean, I think that's only fair. I mean, well, I'm not asking for a half an hour, maybe maybe five minutes, but I, I just okay, don't want to be shut off at three minutes and say, okay, you're done. I will right. compromise with you. I'll give you five, okay. but no more. Okay. All right. All First, right. go ahead, sir. All right. So name my name address. Glenn LaPlante, 71 Angela Drive, Chickabee, Mass. Go ahead, Gary. So one, first thing I wanted to touch on is the moratorium. So the moratorium has been in place now for 23 years on Burnett Road. And we all know why it's been there. If you read it, it says because of traffic problems. Okay. Burnett Road is a hot topic. We've just dealt with a pilot issue. There is another pr proposed project, maybe 300 yards from that this proposed project, okay? Right. So if you look at, first of all, that entrance, within 300 yards, you're gonna have an entrance, one, two, three, four entrances on the same side of the street within 300 yards of each other. That's uh -huh. three businesses with three entrances on the same side of the street, which I believe is a, a, an issue. And like our counselor said, I mean, practical would be to go to the traffic light. At least you'd have traffic stopped and started. That's number one. Um, I also believe with, Councilor Dobaz, that most of the people in our area probably don't even realize what's going on here tonight. Uh, they didn't realize that the zoning has the authority to basically override what's in place already as far as a moratorium. So I believe this should be tabled to another meeting. And so all the people in our, our area will be notified so they know exactly what's potentially taking place. Because I don't believe that, first of all, this should be able to be approved with a concept that's basically just a concept, okay? That could change 10 times between now and then. So basically it's, you're saying, okay, we're gonna waive the moratorium and go for it. Okay, so they might change that 10 times. So I, I don't, first of all, I don't believe that should be done that way. Uh, I am in the automotive business. I've been in the automotive business for 40 plus years. Um, I can't buy Tesla parts, okay? I can't fix Teslas unless I spend couple hundred thousand dollars to get certified by Tesla. So Tesla, you cannot take your Tesla to Frank's garage to get your car serviced. You have to go to Tesla. So I don't, I would like to know how many people, they must know, they can track how many people in the area have Teslas. How many people in the area have Teslas? Okay, so they can only come to this location to get serviced. They can't go anywhere else. I can't even fix the bodywork on your car because I can't buy parts. They won't sell them to me. Are they going to take this to the next level? Are they going to try to make it a repair facility after they start selling cars? 400 and some cars for a, for, a, for a showroom because Tesla's model is they have showrooms. 
out near um, Worcester area, they have a, a showroom in a, in a mall. You go into the mall, you look at a Tesla. If you want to take it for a drive, you go out in the parking lot, you get, you take it for a drive and you order one. Great concept. But that's a, that's a mall. That's not in a residential area. That's not where traffic is going constantly every day, every day, every day. Nothing was mentioned about used cars. Does Tesla have a policy? Does everybody just buy a new car and don't trade one in? What do they do with their used cars? They don't sit on the lot. I mean, there's no discussion about used cars. I'm sure Tesla takes used cars. And if I want to go trade in my car for a Tesla, I'm sure they're going to take it in. And the price of Teslas is not cheap. It's a high-end car for high-end people. Okay. So what is that going to benefit the people of Burnett Road having a dealer there for Tesla? It's not going to service the people of our area. It's going to service people from, like he said, Boston, Connecticut. There's a place in Hartford, Connecticut that I know of that services Teslas. And I believe there's also a place out in Worcester that I know of that, that services Teslas. Charging stations is another problem. He didn't mention it at first until somebody else mentioned it. Charging stations, follow the news. People go to a charging station. They plug it in. They walk away. Go to Dunkin' Donuts next door. Next thing that thing's on fire. You know, there's problems with charging stations. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of charging stations. Um, also, um, I wanted to say 48 bays. Now, think of it this way. In the automotive industry, service departments is where the money is made. They'll tell you that you don't make much money on the sale of the car. You make it on the service. So how many times are those 48 bays going to turn hands in one day? You hope it turns hands three times. If you're going to make money at a dealer, you're not making it all on sales of cars. You're making it on service. So they're going to want to fill those 48 bays how many times in one day? So let's say they do it three times. That's 150 cars. 150 cars coming in and out, in and out during the day. That's more than they're projecting. They're giving us a traffic study, not a traffic or real traffic study. I live there. I don't think I've ever seen rubber things across the road in the last seven years for a traffic study. I think before anyone comes before any board or any planning department in our city, they should physically have to do a real-time traffic study. That's okay, the, sir. Yep. Thank, uh, you, for thank your, you. Thank you for your You're comments. Welcome. Okay. All right. <clears throat> okay, next, uh, someone else would like to come up. And again, please state your name, address, no personal attacks, and uh, tell us what's going, what, you, what you're thinking about, please. Okay, go Hi ahead. Hi, everybody. Sir. My name is Dave Ross. I live at 106 Morrow Drive in the city of Chicopee here. I've been a 58-year resident of Burnett Road and of my neighborhood, and I completely agree with my city councilor, Councilor Dobaz, as well as Councilor Costello and uh, Councilor Laflamme asking for the parking spaces and also Councilor Lopez for asking about the charging stations. A number one, I can guarantee you that this needs to be at the traffic light. If it's anything else, it will impact Mo Burnett Road like no tomorrow. Living on Morrow Drive, all the way down by the Chicopee Country Club, as it stands right now, we have bumper to bumper traffic all the way to Morrow Drive. And that's just because they're trying to get in and out of Dunkin' Donuts on a regular basis. And then you have the bank across the street. And then you have all the neighbors that are also trying to get out, going to work in the morning, getting home in the afternoon. We also have increased busing going down to Litwin School now. We're all aware of that. Okay. And then as they said, I mean, it seems so neat and simple. But then we're talking about 400 parking spaces. And then we have car carriers that are going to have to come in on a regular basis to keep that supply and demand going on a regular basis. 
I mean, I don't necessarily, and then the other part I have is fire, okay? We all know Jeremy, interstate towing, he's building a brand new facility over in Sturbridge where he's putting concrete boxes in there, okay? Because once they catch fire, they don't go out necessarily with regular conventional water or foam or anything else like that. That's why, as many news reports have stated, and there's articles, they're now storing those cars 50 yards apart from one another because they can combust upon each other. I mean, I think there's a serious, serious fire issue here that our city, we have a very small fire department up on Burnett Road. We also have 682 homes up there. We have Sunshine Village, Litwin School. We also have another umber, uh, other businesses up there. I mean, what's, what's the impact there for our fire department? You know, the in infrastructure as well regarding that, um, being at the light. And then like you say, you know, it, it just multiplies on itself. You have the charging stations, the car carriers, 48 bays, they said themselves, right, an hour to an hour and a half for service. You're right. That's hoping to turn over on a regular basis, day in and day out. I just think this needs to be tabled for the time being. I think the residents need to be given more information on this. And I think that also the developers need to provide more information because this here is just at this point with this here, this is not what the neighborhood wants. And I can speak for a fair amount of the neighbors because I've been going around getting signatures for enough of the folks running for office around here. So please consider tabling this. Thank you. Okay, Dave. <clears throat> All right. Okay, somebody else? Uh, who's next? Again, please state your name and address. No personal attacks. Uh, go ahead. Um, Richard Borbeau, 481 Burnett Road, Chickabee, Mass. Mm -hmm. I'll make this as quick as possible. Everybody here has hit every point that I was going to bring up, and uh, I think we should table this. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, anybody else uh, in the back row there that questions, concerns, thoughts on their mind? All right. Okay. Uh, let me just see if there's anybody on Zoom before it comes back to the committee. Anybody on Zoom that uh, would like to have uh, a say at uh, public input? Okay. Um, all right, then I think I'm going to have a motion on the floor to, uh, to I close. I want to make a motion to table. Uh, excuse me. Okay. Excuse me, Councilor. No, we're, we're going to make a motion to close public input, and then we're going to have some discussion. Motion uh, to close public input. I'll make a motion to close public input. Sorry. Okay. Um, Carla, could you uh, call the roll on that, please? Councilors Balak here? Yes. Cushane? Finia Costello? Yes. McAuliffe? Lopez? Yes. Zigorowski? Yes. Labrie? Yes. Okay. All right. And the motion carries. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to open up for some discussion amongst uh, the councilors on the committee about um, uh, this is uh, an interesting. An interesting proposition. We, we've heard from the applicant from um, different areas that the applicant has discussed. Uh, one of the ones that uh, seems to be paramount, of course, is uh, the traffic issue, as it typically is on Burnett Road. Um, we've also heard from some concerns from some of the residents up there as well, and uh, they've expressed some concerns about uh, the proposal for the project and also uh, traffic. So uh, I'm gonna open it up amongst ourselves as to whether or not there seems to be a couple of options that we have. Uh, one of them potentially is to table 
the uh, proposal for this evening or a possibility to to approve the special permit application. Um, counselors, uh, some input, please. Okay, go ahead. I think at this point we should table this. There are too many unanswered questions. And Burnett Road people have a lot of traffic and their concerns that they raised tonight were in fact legitimate. And I don't think any special permits or any special conditions can address that until we get more information, especially as Councillor Dobas said from our city engineer in regards to the traffic. So I'm, I'm going with tabling this for further information and I appreciate the residents coming out and sharing their thoughts and their ideas because they've given us a direction to go to to address their needs. They live there. Okay. Thank All you. All right. All right. Other, God bless you. Bless you. Uh, other counselors uh, at, at the table? Uh, some, some thoughts well, or uh, I think, what's your discussion? Okay. I think there was some good dialogue from the applicants and also from the residents. Mm -hmm. But certainly I appreciated Councillor Dobez's what he talked about, especially that item at the light post. But there's a lot of things that need to be ironed out. And I think the best interest of this is to table it for the time being. Right. Yeah, I also would uh, be in favor of tabling it. Um, I was expecting more residents uh, to be here tonight. I, I didn't realize, you know, that they thought the moratorium uh, could not be broken by a special permit. Uh, so, you know, I think the other residents would have some input and I know we're going to hear the same things, but at least we can have a show of hands, uh, you know, against four or whatever, just to get their, uh, you know, input on it. And uh, I am fully aware that uh, there wasn't as many people in this here that, you know, would have come had they known uh, that it could be broken by a special permit. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Council Lopez uh, on Zoom, some thoughts uh, regarding uh, the proposal for this evening. I also agree that it should be tabled. I also think that it would be um, helpful if potentially since we have the applicant here, um, we not just have like a motion to postpone to the call of the chair, but to also have some kind of uh, letter going from um, maybe Mr. Chairman, you could write the letter with the help of Councillor Dobaz and the rest of us um, with some questions so that they have um, some guidelines around like what we may have as pressing questions and they can come prepared to answer some of them. Um, especially because I know that Councillor Dobas is going to go back now to his residence and they may be able to come up with some questions that uh, the applicant might be more uh, well prepared to answer. So um, I, I would like if, if we don't just make a motion to postpone, but perhaps I'll, I'll suggest a motion to postpone um, with a letter attached from the chairman um, prior to the next call of the chair. So I'll make that motion. Let me speak to council about that. Excuse me. Right. So my suggestion, Mr. Chairperson, is if you, if you, first of all, we have to work within the time frame of the 90 days. So the time, the 
the clock is currently ticking without a written um, request to extend the time period. The second issue you have to consider is if you just merely postpone it to the call of the chair, since it is a special permit, we have to re-advertise in the newspaper and re-advertise and send out notices that we've already done. So if it is the will of the, the committee, my suggestion would be, again, it's a suggestion that you postpone it to a specific date and time at this public meeting so we no longer, we do not have to repost in the newspaper and repost and re-notice um, everybody by certified mail. Is it uh, through the chair to Attorney Garvey, can I make a motion to postpone to the next scheduled meeting and with, with a stipulation of the chairman sending a letter to the applicant with specific questions so that they're more... Uh, sure, prepared. of course. Perfect. So I'll make a motion. Absolutely. To the next meeting, um, I don't know what the date of that one is. I'd have to look, but I'm sure Mr. Chairman knows, with a stipulation of a letter from the chairman working with the committee members as well as the ward counselor um, with questions so that the applicant is better prepared. Lopez, we're just looking at our... I don't think she can hear you. Councilor Lopez, I'm just looking at my phone and we're looking at a calendar date. Uh, let me just confer with council. Um, oh, because it's the last Wednesday. Does that... Right. That's right. For that same day. Maybe a Wednesday before or a Wednesday after. We've already got two items on that. So I think we had the fourth as our regularly scheduled meeting and our next. We're just talking about dates just so the public right. knows. We're just trying to figure right. out a, an appropriate date if the if the committee decides to postpone it. The original date we had, we've already postponed two items to that date already. So we're trying to figure out an alternative date. That's what we're doing. So I don't want you to think we're right. colluding here. So, so the 18th is our, is our regularly scheduled city council meeting. So we could do it the next day, which is the 19th. That would two in the morning, maybe. Right. So I, I think the nineteenth probably. Sure. Works. I think that would probably work. So what is the what's the language, Dan? What 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 you think we should? Were you talking to me, Mr. Just Chairman? With, we're just working with council. We're 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 figuring this out. So just give us a minute or two more, please. Thank you.
No, sorry. No, she mentioned some. So do we want to Sorry, we're having a sidebar with council. Um, okay, and then we can put. That may violate the open meeting law too if you guys are communicating by email. So. <laughs> Councilor Dobaz can submit questions for the applicant. Otherwise, if you all communicate by email, mm -hmm. that's a violation of the open meeting law. So maybe we ask Councilor Dobaz to share some questions, just make sure that he's not talking to a quorum of the committee. All right, let me borrow this. Okay. So, so Councilor Lopez, what I was just discussing with Councilor Balakir is if when you prepare those questions to be submitted to the applicant, you just have to be cognizant of the fact that if four or more counselors communicate, whether it's by phone or email, that would violate the open meeting law. So when you're preparing the questions, you got to make be cognizant of the fact that you all can't be discussing this matter um, as a quorum. Is it a violation of the open meeting law if we all submit questions individually without discussing them to the chairman and then that letter be attached to the um like meeting minutes in the next meeting i think it's i think it's a, a close call so maybe we just have counselor dobaz submit the questions to counselor balakir on or before well that that you just that's defeated fine. what you just said because if i have a question so you just however you want to communicate with one another, but you cannot communicate as a quorum by phone or email. So excuse me, can we just have them sent to our city council uh, administrator assistant to forward to them? Because we're not talking to each other. We're sure, just that's sick. fine. That, that I'd work. rather just send it uh, if it's, uh, to our city council uh, um, office and then she just sends them out, mails them out. We won't even know what the questions are because we shouldn't be knowing what are more than four people is is an issue, right, uh, attorney? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a sticky way. Correct. You so don't want to make out of it. Let's just have them sent to city council. If I have one, I'll send it down to city council. She'll just put it, write it up, and then when at a certain day we send it out. We have them all in by a certain day, 
and have her send it out to whoever they want. And uh, we don't even know what the questions are. Could be the same one. Yeah, and then the questions can just be whatever the list is that um, Agnes and Carla put together can be introduced into the meeting minutes for the next meeting. So that's fine. If we want to give a week for folks to uh, give questions, I heard April 19th. Was that the, the proposed date for the meeting? It is. So I'll make a motion to postpone this matter until April 19th. And for any counselors who are interested to submit questions to the city council office by end of business day on April 7th to be forwarded to the applicant. And then those questions will be introduced into the meeting minutes at the meeting on the 19th. Uh, I think I'll second that. All right. Just to clarify, so the meeting would be postponed to April 19th, 2023, 6.30 p.m. here in the council chambers at City Hall. Yes. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Councilor. Go ahead. I'm asking our attorney. The, the question come up several times with from the public about these this moratorium. I want to know: is it done now, or does it still continue, or what the status is of this moratorium that's been around since 1999? I believe it's effective until April of 2024. It's renewed by the council every year. It's renewed. And renewal is going to. Valid through you guys. Yeah, but we 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 approved it for to twenty four, didn't we? I think it's in his committee. Oh, okay. Valid through April sixth of going through the public hearing process. Right. Any zoning amendment to the ordinance requires two public hearings. All right, does that take care of that? Okay. All right, so it looks like the motion, which has been, which we uh, was seconded, it's like a motion to postpone the special permit application to April 19th, 2023 at 6.30 p.m. here at the City Hall Chambers with questions from the committee to be submitted to the applicant by April 7th to the City Council office. Right. Okay, so I think we're going to uh, vote. Uh, Carla, can you, uh, can you have the roll call, please? Councilor Balak here. Thank you, Sammy. Yes. Pushane. Vinnie Costello? Yes. McAuliffe? Yeah, no. We Lopez? Yes. Zigorowski? Yes. Libri? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me just Mr. write. Mr. Chairman, before you um, finalize that, yes. I'd like you to add to that the, they're going to be sent to the city council office, and the administrator assistant will mail them directly out um, when she receives them. Okay. So no city council will be in there reviewing them or nothing. She'll get them and just send them out automatically. And we'll, she'll be instructed to do that. 
I think that was part of the original motion. So I don't think we need to do another roll call for that. It, is, it isn't part of the, it's part of the original motion, but it did not say in there, uh, Consular, that she is to be the one to automatically send them out without review. I talked to the attorney about it. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Dan. I think everybody understands the purpose of that, that there will be no violation of the open meeting law. So again, the questions come in and the questions go out by our administrative assistant. That's it. Right, no right. Discussion. I'm in agreement of it being written that way. I was just saying that that was part of the original motion. So the roll call, because that was in fact right. part of the. Thank you. Okay. Right. All right. I'm just going to write this up and then we're going to sign off on this, please. So please bear with us. I think we should have a. Quicker. Right. Quicker. Get a court. We're going to give this back to you in a minute.
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an excellent idea. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Okay. All right. So the motion was on the floor to uh, approve to postpone the special permit application to April 19th, 2023 at 6.30 p.m. here at City Hall Chambers with questions from the committee to be submitted to the applicant by April 7th, 2023 to the City Council Office. Administrative Assistant will then send them out. Okay. So... Uh, I'm not sure who would be taking these questions. Would that be you, Todd? Okay, so please please um, send that information into our office uh, tomorrow so that we have that, unless you have your business card on you. I don't. Okay, all right. <laughs> we don't carry those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little old school, but sometimes <laughs> I find that it's relevant as well to have that. But Get in touch with our office tomorrow morning uh, or shoot them an email with that information so that this way here we can get this process started so that in turn the committee can submit questions. Mm -hmm. Then in turn, um, hopefully uh, you folks will be able to answer them uh, and shed some more light on these issues so that uh, we all have a, a better understanding and a meeting of the minds uh, regarding the next meeting, all right? No problem. Are you looking for written responses submitted prior to the next hearing, or we would bring our responses and present them at the next hearing? Uh, that's a good question. Whoever is speaking, can no they problem. speak into I the mic, please? Right. I would, I would suggest that those questions be answered in the public as opposed to in the private. So Correct. Thank you, Attorney Garvey. That was that was my intent as well. No problem. All right. Okay. All right then. All right. Well, thank, thanks for coming, uh, both uh, the applicant and also the public. So uh, it's been postponed, and uh, we're going to get some further answers on this and uh, try to have a better understanding. All right. Okay. Thank you, folks. Uh, have a good night. Take care. Thanks. Be safe. All right. Um, I like to then I'd like to take um, a motion. Uh, now there's no minutes tonight, so then I just I like take a adjourn. motion to adjourn. Oh, we did. We did get a roll motion call. Motion to adjourn. Okay, uh, second it. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Carla. Councilors Bellacare. Uh, yes. Bouchane. Pinia Costello. Yes. McAuliffe. Lopez. Yes. Zigarowski. Yes. Labrie. Yes. All right. Okay. Adjourned and. Thank you, committee members and everybody else um, here. Uh, thanks for your help with this uh, interesting and important matter. Thank you. Thank you.